This episode of Weed and Grub is presented by Smoking Paper. Smoking is one of the leading brands in rolling papers. You can find smoking on five continents and in more than 100 countries worldwide. Slim, king size, hemp, there's a smoking paper for every kind of roll. Smoking is committed to quality papers and respect for the environment. Follow at Smoking Paper on Instagram or go to smokingpaper.com. Smoking. Roll with it. This episode is also brought to you by Magical Butter. The Magical Butter Machine is the easiest, most consistent way to make edibles at home. Simply add your herbs and your butter, cooking oil, or grain alcohol, set your time and temperature, and the machine does the rest. Go to MagicalButter.com and use the code WEEDANDGRUB for 20% off at checkout. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? I'm a little angry today. Oh, yeah, you are. I just feel like I'm coming out hot. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm also feeling a little, a little uh, like I'm not sure. My vibe feels like high key today. For You're a little sure. high key. I am high key today. Yeah, I'm glad we can be honest as we start this pod. You yeah. know, it's not every, not every day is glowing roses, but some days the uh, the thorns got to come out. Yeah, like vibrating a little a little higher frequency. You know. <laughs> Yes. Just Whoa. like doing, oing, 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 oing. I kind of woke up that way. I don't know. <laughs> An extra oing, oing, oing. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh huh. That's how I feel as well. Interesting. Well, I think it's also we'll get into our interview with Anastasia Sin in a little bit, but I feel like a, a lot of what we talked about has a lot to do with how I'm feeling right now. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, first off, welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. Thank you. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. <laughs> We're coming in hot and spicy today. <laughs> this is a podcast about weed. And grub. And food. And sex. And pop culture. And uh, civil rights. Yo. And the right to be a little pissed off sometimes. Yeah. Right? Oh, I love the idea of being, it's okay to be pissed off. It is absolutely, it's it's vital, it's crucial to be pissed off sometimes and to express that pissed offness in hopefully a constructive way, but to let it out, let it roar. Sometimes, you know, you need to like, you can't always be mellow and happy. Sometimes you got to be fucking pissed. I know. Do you ever look at those like people who are always happy and cheery and they're always smiling and I don't trust them. I, I trust them the least. <laughs> I think a lot of those people are angry too and they they just choose to maybe get it out in a different way that we don't see. But I think that, you know, anything that is like, uh, like for instance, we saw a show uh, where everything was rosy and we had a conversation about it afterwards and I was saying how that play made me see the darkness that lay underneath, even though none of it was really expressed as our friend Bailey wrote this great show. Shout out Bailey um, called three guys in a Groupon. And um, it won the festival that it was a part of. And it was like all sort of happy and shiny. But when I was talking to you about it afterwards, I was like, I really feel like it masked the darkness underneath. You by, know? Yeah, by smiling and acting like nothing is wrong, yeah. you realize how much is wrong. Yeah, like the rise of cute culture is di- in direct reference to the fact that there are wars going on. Yeah. You know, like the I, I read a really fascinating op-ed or essay uh, rather about... Which was it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was an op-ed or an essay. I'm pretty sure it was an essay, Mike. God. <laughs> um, <laughs> about how uh, the um, Hello Kitty... And like that rise of cute, it was in direct sort of, um, it was a comment on the horrors of World War II. 
Wow, you know? really? Yeah. The same way Spirited Away, mm-hmm. with all of its cool, crazy catastrophes in it, was actually about, I think, prostitution? Oh, what? Okay, sorry. Very different things. <laughs> I tried to add by showing a reference instead of saying, say more, Mary Jane. Well, I don't know. I mean, all I know is that like uh, cuteness and, and sweetness and light will often be a comment on something that is actually really tragic and terrible. It does know? make me puke when I'm on Twitter and Lin-Manuel Miranda says bullshit like, you're a shining star and the Milky Way needs you to hug it just as much as you need it needs it. Whatever he writes, yeah, I, I had to mute him. I had to block and mute. Oh, wow. I couldn't handle that dude. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't need to read a calendar that is hanging in most Midwestern homes on the internet. It's you know, I mean, your vibe is much more Gashley Crumb's tiny, Gashley Crumb tinies, like that sort of like. I mean, it might be funny and cute, but it's also pretty fucked up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can be, you can be sort of like. Mm, yeah, I definitely like. I actually have like a weird feeling in my gut today, like like a like a tight fist in my in my stomach today, and I think it's because yeah, I'm just feeling stressed out and upset, and it's really good to acknowledge, you know. You feel comfortable talking about that on the pod, or do you wish you weren't saying that because people who are listening don't need that in their lives? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I really I feel like sometimes when I'm feeling upset and I'm listening to someone else say how upset they are, that it just helps me feel better about how upset I am. So I hope people can relate, you know? Yeah. And if it's not something that people want to hear, then I guess uh, let us know and I won't talk about it anymore. Either way, leave that review. Five stars. <laughs> if you want to hear us <laughs> burn hot, let yeah. us know. If you don't want to burn... let. If you don't want to hear us burn hot, let us know. But just, you know, click five-star reviews. It goes a long way, and I'm going to be saying that a lot more because I want us to pop off. Yeah, I would love to have, you know, to level up to the next. I mean, we we have come so far, and it's so fucking awesome to be doing all the things that we're doing. But, yeah, I'd like to get bigger and brighter and better and soar higher with you. Oh, my God, you sound like Lin-Manuel oh, Miranda. Oh, no, I just totally sounded like a fucking motivational poster. And what's crazy is that sometimes on, you know, talking to you, I do. I get that total, like, everything's great, and you've got to pay attention to the good things in life. That's absolutely my vibe a lot of the time, but not always, and that's important to acknowledge. And, you know, talking to you about it, I feel better. Thank you. Honestly. Likewise. Cool. This isn't a dirty laundry podcast. This is just, you know, you asked me how I'm feeling today and I'm burning hot. So I thought I'd be honest instead of saying the word splendid. I really like it. Cool. Cool. Do you want to get into our first segment? Yes. Okay. Because this is actually a very positive, positive news story that just came out. Actually, it's something to be really angry about too, though. It's both. Oh, it is a double. I think, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, Mm, let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. So this is the, our new segment called the Grublet Gazette. It's presented by Word on the Tree. Follow at Word on the Tree for all the cannabis news that you need to know. What's the story today? Today's story actually just dropped on May 1st, and it is America's longest serving pot prisoner is getting out after 40 years. So Antonio Bescaro, he was in jail for smuggling weed. Now, here's the thing. They let him out after 40 of his 60 years, but he may still be deported. Uh. So he teamed up with the CIA and he played a role in the Bay of Pigs invasion. So what they're hoping is that he will get out of jail after this 40-year sentence and not be deported somewhere like Guam or, or Guatemala or Cuba. And because of good behavior and because of working with the CIA, he'll be allowed to stay in this country at 84 years old and live out the rest of his life as a free human. 60 years he was sentenced to a 60-year prison term for weed. For weed. Yeah, that's absolutely fucking insane. He's the longest-serving pot prisoner, but there are so many other prisoners who are serving long, long, long sentences. So 
fucking crazy. It makes me so angry, but it's also wonderful that he's able to be reunited with his family and, you know, get out. So it's, yes, happy, but also crazy making. I like to look at it as the first step. Yeah. As a huge first step. Mm-hmm. You know, 40 out of 60, 20 more years, he would have been 104. Yeah. He wouldn't have been 104. He w- no, he wouldn't have survived. So I feel like this is a great step in the right direction for a lot of people's records being expunged. Hopefully. If you start at the longest sentence and work your way backwards, I think that's a great thing. And he was obviously a good person. He worked with the CIA. All the things that you probably need to do to Mm -hmm. become a free human being, he did. And now hopefully he's not going to get deported. I look at this as a very bright side story. Well, the the at the end of the story here, it's in the Washington Examiner. It says that um, the operations ringleader of this drug bust that this uh, Antonio Bascaro went to prison for, the ringleader cooperated with authorities and were, was released after 12 years in prison. Bascaro did not cooperate and was sentenced, sentenced to 60 years in prison. Holy shit. So not only is he not a snitch, yeah. but he also worked with... The U.S. government? So he worked with the uh, U.S. government in 1961, and then this drug bust was after that, obviously. Wow. Um, I have mad respect for this motherfucker. Yeah. Not a snitch. Not like a snitch. the ringleader, who is obviously a little fucking bitch. Fuck that. Congratulations he, on getting out. <laughs> Fuck he, that. Yeah. He uh, was recruited in the late 70s to join a pot smuggling ring, and he helped import more than half a million pounds as a pilot. And then when he was busted, he did not cooperate with the authorities. He didn't roll. And so he served 40 years in prison. But he is now free. He's with his family. Um, his family met him, I think, uh, where did I, oh, yeah, it says here, his family, his three children are meeting him with a Cuban sandwich and some real Cuban coffee. So I hope he f- enjoys that sandwich and that coffee and, like, just has a great time with his family. I also read on Facebook that um, he was not released to a halfway house. He was actually allowed to go home, which I think is unusual for prisoners. I think you're supposed to, the first is that you go to a halfway house before you're actually allowed to be home. So he's on a couch right now. I hope so. Maybe meeting his granddaughter. Yeah. Pretty awesome. That's fucking great. See... But also don't put people in jail for (laughs) weed, please. (laughs) If John Boehner is on the fucking board of Acreage Holdings making money off pot, no person should do any jail time or have any record for any cannabis-related events. Well, if you're Joe Biden's kids, then you won't. Oh, Oh. shots fucking fired. snap. We are burning hot today. That's right. Oh, so hot. Yeah. I think that we are saying the exact same thing, but Mm -hmm. we're saying two sides of it, and that sounds about right for us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. How about Buds of the Week? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) another celebration yeah it's just people we like people people who write to us and uh, say nice things and we we say nice things back because that's how it goes my butt of the week this week is at zach lau uh z-a-c-h-l-a-u who wrote to say i have to thank you guys for helping me not feel the shame and guilt for using cannabis regularly which was a common feeling when i lived in nebraska moving to colorado and listening to your pod has helped me deal with that and feel more accepted Thanks, burn a fat one down for me. We are, man. Thank you so much. Like, that means everything to hear from someone who listens, who feels, I don't know, at all better about, you know, smoking pot and not being ashamed of it and talking about it out, like, loud and proud. Fuck yeah. You know, it's a community. The cannabis community is a a huge network of people, not necessarily always people who are able to be vocal about their cannabis use, but who are, you know, quietly supportive. And then those of us who can talk about it and be proud and shout it out. You know, there, there are a lot of us out there, so you should never feel alone. Yeah. Well, the best way to make a friend is like go to a party and light a joint, you know, see how many people just like come up and they, their eyes light up and it's like a really wonderful feeling. It's so weird to think about weed 
versus alcohol as a social event uh-huh. because if you go to a bar you feel like you're a part of something social right whether you're like watching the NHL playoffs or you're celebrating a birthday it uh, it's ingrained in me that alcohol is a social situation thing right but sharing a joint and passing it around truly is because I'm not like taking a sip of my Bud Light and then handing it to you to have another sip. No. And in fact, last night after we saw Bailey's show and we were all in, in the bar, we all left the bar to go out and stand on the street and smoke a joint. And that's actually where everyone everyone was. Yeah. Having a great time, like sitting outside smoking. It was. Yeah. So thanks, Zach, uh, for writing in. And um, yeah, that's my butt of the week. Fucking cool butt of the week. My butt of the week is Baked by the River. Oh. At Baked by the River. And they are a New Jersey couple who bake like a motherfucker. Here, I'll read their bio. Two medicinal marijuana patients in New Jersey sharing our favorite recipes for getting baked. Check us out on YouTube at Baked by the River. Bakedbytheriver.com is also where you can find them. They sent us, as they said, the motherload of sexy pictures of everything they're cooking. And mama mia, they're talented and they're, I don't know. Is it weird to say they're a cute couple? Yeah, no. I yep. don't think that's weird. Okay. That's They're nice. just like a good looking couple. I was yeah. like, oh, y'all are going to, I bet y'all fuck good. Like, oh. this is a good looking couple. <laughs> is that bad? I can say I, that, you right? You maybe took a little far. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was speculating about other people's sex lives. Well, look at the picture that they did for the fourth. Oh, yeah. They're hot and they're touching cucumbers. They definitely have, yeah, they have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to share some of the pictures that they sent. Because as one of our sponsors is Magical Butter, it just seems appropriate to say that their brownies look good, their cakes look good, their cookies look soft. Their bread game's on point even, I think, right? Such a strong bread game. Yeah. So I would just suggest that everyone go to Baked by the River on Instagram and check out all of their pictures and follow them. Because if you want to see sexy people doing sexy things with sexy food, there's nothing better. I love it. Yeah. Man, I feel so much better. Yeah, right? Ah, thanks. Get out of here, Full moon yeah, or whatever's what the, going on. New moon? I'm not sure. Some kind of moon. Something's, something's going on. But I feel so much better. Good. So those are the buds of the week. Yeah. Also, if you want to be a bud of the week, it doesn't really take much. Follow us. Interact with us. Yeah. Say hi. Leave a review. Five stars. Or, I don't know, knock on my door. You can find my address pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably answer because I'm like, what? Oh, hi. So don't come over. That's how I found you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like, hey, I hear you're cool. Can I come hang out? <laughs> Oh, shit. Mary Jane, let's get to our guest. Okay, yes. Anastasia Sin is not only an incredible human being, she's also an incredible cyborg. She's also an incredible magician. She's also a... I I don't know if she'd feel comfortable with me saying leader of the biohacking community, but I see her as someone who's a leader of that community. I see her as a civil rights activist because she is. She's testifying in front of like legislative bodies about her bodily autonomy and her right to do whatever it is that she chooses to do as a, as a cyborg and a biohacker. And it's fucking rad. And it's a real, um, I think it's a great fit with what we talk about with, you know, weed legalization because it's the right to do with your body as you choose, like put whatever you want into it. Absolutely. Substance or microchip. Yeah. Magnet or delicious mushrooms. mushrooms. (laughs) Magnet or mushrooms. Yeah. And we do talk about all that. We talk about microdosing. We talk about how she has the world's largest forearm magnet. Yeah. And it's it's big. It's awesome. She showed it to us and I was like, that thing is really, yeah. I think the last thing I would want to talk about before the interview is we went to her home in Vegas because she did Glazed. And I 
cannot believe the home that she has. It is so fucking cool. And I just wanted to break down a couple of key points before we get to the interview. Oh, we have to, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about how, like she came out to meet us and lit a joint and then was like, I'll give you the tour. And we walked around this like palatial, palatial home, like looking at things and like every single thing, when you looked at it a little more, you realized it wasn't quite what you were expecting. It's like a home full of magic basically it is it's a magical home it's a magical home so one thing that struck me because i did so much magic growing up was she just has a case of magic tricks Uh and they're everything from a basic cups and balls to a piece of gum that becomes chocolate to some like legendary untouched houdini style vintage they're collectors not only are her and her husband of the amazing jonathan magicians but they're collectors of the history of magic yeah i geeked out hard you did geek out hard it was really fun to watch it was very cool i also have to say when i uh went to pee that the toilet seat was heated and that was very pleasant (laughs) which also felt like its own kind of magic (laughs) i love maybe all we talked about when it leading up to this interview was a heated toilet seat and some cups and balls (laughs) but we totally forgot that we both screamed at the top of our lungs at pranks because her whole house is outfitted like home alone you almost fucking passed out you got pranked (laughs) so hard you got pranked so hard it was so fun so what happened well okay well first we got a tour we were like we went out into the garden and we saw all of these beautiful classic cars, one of which was the one that was in Titanic with the famous hand slap where uh, Kate and Leo would get it on. We walked through um, the space where there were magic tricks being prepared for the um, like the magic conference that they were going to the following week. Their whole garage is magic tricks being built, things borrowed from Penn and Teller, buzz saws, sparks, and soldering going every which way, and they were getting ready to bring a bunch, to bring an electric chair yeah, there was, to California for a trick. And there was like a Zoltar or Zoltan. Yeah, Zoltan from Zoltan. Big. Yeah, there was a Zoltan. There was a Ouija board that looked really exciting. There was a bunch of stuff, and so we were like doing this whole tour, and then Anastasia brought us back in, and she was like, oh, you should, you should check this thing out, and she moved a cabinet out of the way so that you could walk closer to what it was that she wanted you to look at, but you have to tell what and happened. she was like, so I'm a huge horror movie fan and she goes oh it's the original chucky doll you need to go see from bride of chucky it's the original bride of chucky doll go check it out and so i go behind the cabinet and she's like yeah take a close look you can actually see on it it's one of eight that are ever made and as i get closer it goes boing and it just like (laughs) springed out at me and i screamed and i screamed and i screamed and then i just start cackling because my heart is racing and when it jumped out at me oh it got me so good it was so good It was so good. You almost fell down. Yeah. Yeah. All of the blood left your face. (laughs) It was great. Yeah. (laughs) Because it went into my heart because it was pumping so much. It needed uh, reserves. Oh, man. It was fucking awesome. There were so many cool little fun things to look at. I could have spent all day there. We held a heart, a human heart. Yeah. That had been petrified that she handed to us and was like, oh, here, this is a heart. That was amazing. I feel comfortable saying this now because we are not there. But walking around her and the amazing Jonathan's home holding a petrified human heart is one of the most important memories in my life. That's fucking cool. I will never forget, and I will always remember how important that was. It's everything I wanted as a kid. It's everything that I feel like we've worked towards now. And holding a human heart, talking with you and her about human rights in the home of two legendary magicians who I've known about and now I consider her a friend just feels so fucking good. It was so cool to see how um, 
it affected you honestly afterwards like when we drove away and like we went for dinner afterwards like you you were really I think like profoundly affected by that experience and I was so like excited to be a part of it with you to like meet she's such an incredible person she's such a fucking like strong powerful voice for being able to do what it is that you want with your body for bodily autonomy and that was so exciting to me and so exciting also to just like see how fun they are like how fun their lives are they've made their lives just about like fucking fucking shit up yes you know disruption at the highest most fun level yeah Absolutely. It's not worth it unless you're having like a great time kind of bending, bending the truth and bending reality in some way. And it's very cool. As someone who does want microchips in their body and is, feels like, as I used to pierce myself so much growing Mm up, um, body parts that do not need to be named on this fucking podcast. (laughs) And I feel like as soon as I learned more about biohacking from her and started reading up on it, I was like, oh, this is the thing that I gives me the same feeling as when I used to pierce myself, which is very satisfactory. Very like, I like this. This feels right. So I do want microchips in my body. I do want to learn more. Biohacking to me is important, interesting, and the future. The deal is like we're making, we're all making it all up every day so why not sort of like bend reality in ways that make things more interesting you know what i mean for you and for other people yeah. who might not know they needed that in their day yeah. i love what she does because it gives people something to talk about around the fucking dinner table mm-hmm. it's not just how was work how was school fine it was a spider fell down on me that I did not expect to fall. Yeah. And it was such a good prank that I laid on the floor laughing and trying to catch my breath and pretend I was not scared when it happened. Yeah. Or I saw someone do magic by putting up a, a piece of metal through a body part. Like there's, there's, it's just wild. It's, she's wild. She's wild. Okay. Well then let's actually get into our interview with the incredible Anastasia Sin. So you uh, started in magic, you were saying, 14 years ago? Yeah, just about that. Can we just start at the beginning of that and then work our way backwards and then forwards and around? Sure. Um, I'm not ashamed to say I started magic because I was watching uh, Chris Angel. I really loved his stuff and it blew me away. So I ran to the local magic shop, which was Morrissey Magic up in Toronto, which isn't around anymore, but it was a great store, and said, give me everything you got. I think I went in there and dropped like like a couple hundred bucks my first time and then saved up and spent like $800 with like, I was spending a lot of money at the magic shop. It got to the point where they got an idea of the kind of stuff I liked. I like to freak people out. So they started ordering things in that they thought would be good for me to perform like needle through arm and the fake needle through arm, not the one that I do now, which is like David Blaine's real needle through arm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just went from there. I actually watched uh, a guy named Andrew Stanton from Swing Shift Sideshow working at 7-Eleven, putting skewers through his arms and hanging things like chip racks from his eyeballs with hooks. And I'm like, man, that gets a great reaction. That's visceral. I need to look into that. And I decided to just write an act one day where I had to wear a face mask so that if I grimaced while doing a needle through my body, The audience couldn't tell because I could not bring myself to practice putting a skewer through my body without anyone watching. Isn't that strange? I had to commit to it in front of an audience. So first time I ever skewered was in front of an audience. And I had a mask on. And then you see, I think... I think there might even be video of that somewhere around that I might be able to send you if you want to see, where you can see the look on my face when I take the mask off and I fucking did it. And I'm like... 
take a big stretch and a big smile, like, fuck yeah. And uh, since then, the skewers have gotten longer, longer, bigger, thicker, and the acts have gotten crazier since I've learned that I can put skewers in many, many places and do other things than just poke them through. I can drag things through. Really? I can put things underneath and leave them there. There's all kinds of neat things you can do. Oh, you could leave something under the skin while oh. the rest of it hangs. Well, I do that with implants, so. How are you not passing out? Like, where's, is it the rush of the people or the rush inside your body of the endorphins or? You know, I think it might actually be a little bit of a mix of the two. I have done it for like one or two people before, and I definitely feel it a lot more. So that's definitely a factor. Um, there is not a tunnel that I've created. A lot of people think I've created a fistula, I've gauged something. There really isn't. If uh, if you squeeze, oh. like it's a fresh wound because I did your show last night. Right. Um, but oh, it is. it's a different hole every time. You can see all the scars. And if you look at my chest closely, you can see they're all different holes. They're different exit points. The problem is my entry points, because I now have breast implants, I have a very limited one inch area that I can go in and the scar tissue is becoming a lot to deal with. But just before your show yesterday, I figured out a way to do the act that I can actually, I was going to retire it and I just figured out how to keep doing it another 10 years. So I won't be retiring it. I'm really happy. And I'm just thinking of how to make it better. And for everybody listening at home, I, I won't spoil it by telling you what the act is. I don't think oh. unless, do you want to, can I, do you want me to no, share it or no? Say, or you know it. what? We'll talk about, you should go find the video of it. That's yeah, what you should you do. You can actually just look up Anastasia Sin, uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us. Because I did that show, and that's the like, easiest one to find. So that was actually the first trick that I um, that I found of yours was the one on the Penn and Teller. And I immediately started Googling you and finding and learning as much as I could. And thank you for returning <laughs> my weird Facebook DM. <laughs> Yo, I'm a weirdo. I got excited about shit, and I got to, you know, just not worry about it. I'm glad you it. did. That was the show that you booked me on at the Hollywood Improv with the freaking names you put me on with. I was like, excuse me, where the fuck am I again? What is happening? It was pretty amazing. Usually I only get gigs like that when my husband's the headliner, so it was nice to do that on my own. That's very cool. And yeah. you blew everyone's mind. I have. To, I was in the audience that night, and I had to like have my jaw surgically reattached to my face. <laughs> it was crazy. I know jaw people dropping. that could do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, incredible. If I've never seen anything like it. Well, it's actually a trick that I learned how to do by watching uh, a BBC special that was. I think it was in the mid nineties. It's actually how the first time I saw anything that my husband ever did, he was on it, but there was a guy named the amazing Orchante and he, he did a fakir act and he would swallow some thread and dance around. And then he would just reach into his stomach, like without a knife or anything. And he'd just pull out the thread and he'd pull it out and show everybody around close up. But it was a really thin thread and he had to really walk around. And that's how I used to perform the act. There's old videos on YouTube of me doing it from my chest, just using a thread. And I used to walk through the audience. I would pull on it sometimes. Sometimes I would let other people pull on it. Um, there's been times when it got tangled and it broke and my act was much shorter than I expected it to be. I mean, things have gone wrong with it. There's times I've lost needles in my chest. If you look up Anastasia sin in an act gone icky. You will see what happens when you lose a needle in your chest trying to set this act and you fuck it up because you decide answering the phone is prudent at that moment and you drop a needle in your chest. You can't get it out because you don't have scalpels that are sharp enough. Anyway, yeah. magician problems. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I picture like somebody goes in your medicine cabinet and it's filled with magnets just in case instead of band-aids. Well, not just magnets. Lots of lots of sharp things. I have lots of different gauges of sharp piercing things and um, yeah. And band-aids, I imagine, right? Yeah, and sutures. 
Yeah. Suit, well, sutures more than band-aids even because like usually my cuts are way bigger than a band-aid can handle. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just, I'm interested in knowing about sterilization, like when you're... Well, that's, everyone has their own methods. The yeah. method that I've been using, um, I've, I have friends that are very, very prudent with the methods they use, which are like hospital style sterilization. I have adapted a method that I use that I have never gotten an infection from and I'm very clean when I work. I don't like people, people don't touch my cord with my cord act. They, the cord goes on forceps. They're told to only touch the forceps and that's it. Nobody touches my needles and stuff like that. Um, the stuff that I use works so well that I've never gotten sick ever. And as soon as I'm done my act, I clean my stuff again and it's super duper clean. I'm using like industrial strength stuff that's probably not good for humans. Like I'm not gonna lie, but I know that I've never gotten sick and I probably, who knows, maybe I'm giving myself some cured cancer. Everything you're doing not, doesn't necessarily give you cancer. It could be protecting you from cancer. You do not know that. Yeah. Whoa, I've never thought of that because they pump me so full think of fear. It, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you got to take the fear out of your life. Fear mm-hmm. should not be there and it should not lead you. That's something that I used to live by and I do not anymore. That's why I can experiment with all the things that I do. Do you remember when that switch flipped for you and you realized that it was different? Hmm. Wow. I think when my first marriage fell apart, now that I think about it, I'd never connected the two before, but now that I think about it, yeah. And the biohacking kind of started like when Jonathan got really sick. <laughs> it's like, fuck, men rule my life. <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> Did you sort of feel like when that happened? you? I didn't. I, could, I didn't I notice. Actually, you guys are like bringing out some really psychiatric shit in me right now like that I didn't expect. I'm huh. all That's like, the weed. That's the weed. Is it? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I just am interested in that like moment of like I, if I can live through this, I can live through anything, and why be afraid? That kind um, of thing? I did do a suspension with Andrew S, the guy that showed up at the show last night, and who I learned or wanted to learn skewering from. Uh, he hung me on hooks. I passed out because it was like 140 degrees or 114, sorry, outside, and I woke up. It was so hot that when the cold water in the spray bottle was sprayed in the air towards my body to cool me off, it was hot by the time it touched me. Like it was not a relief in any way. There wasn't a bit of wind in the air, and. Uh, yeah, that suspension made me want and realize that I could do a lot more, I think. But um, I was already skewering at that point. And going into a larger skewer had nothing to do with anything I can specifically remember. I just know biohacking started when Jonathan got sick. And the other thing started when my marriage ended. And you guys have made me do some deep thinking things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I want to get to biohacking in a little bit. I want to just talk a little bit more. I know, I keep teasing it but I know I don't mean to I'm just really stoned it's cool I just think it's really well you sent That's me a bunch Lowell of farms literature fault, actually <laughs> Lowell Farms your stuff is banging and your little goat guy is adorable <laughs> I really really love this ashtray it's like my favorite new toy thank you what were you doing before you turned 30 and you found something that you wanted to just practice every fucking day all the time um I was a bar manager um that's actually where I started doing magic after I saw Chris on TV I thought, fuck, I could really use some of the stuff behind the bar. Like, I could put a toonie in a beer bottle? Really? That sounds awesome. How do I do that? So I went to the store, bought all that stuff, and just started on drunk people. That's, like, the best place you could possibly practice magic if you're wanting to get into it and you work at a bar. Just do it on the people that are drunk because they're not going to see you flash, and you're going to just they're gonna think you're amazing. <laughs> and it's really great when you're starting out because it boosts your confidence. It gives you what you need to, like... 
uh, keep going. So that's how I started doing magic. Then with that, you know, people are like, oh, you're really good. You know, my kid has a birthday coming up and we were going to come here to the go-kart track. I think you could do the birthday and I do some shit for them. And sometimes just for the hell of it, six o'clock, someone orders, you know, a bottle of champagne or a beer and I deliver it in three silks, <laughs> you know, like just <laughs> ridiculous stuff. And then, oh, oh, look, there's a can opener in there too. So there's, yeah. I love it too because like you to be a bartender we've all been bartending here before and like you have to be so dexterous mm -hmm. you have to be fast you have to be dexterous like I can only imagine making your fingers that much more nimble and they're already like way fast already yeah except that would be like meaning that you practice a lot and that's not the kind of magician I am I don't like to practice a lot I'm more about creating entertaining pieces for people to see my practice is in my head so I build what I consider really amazing acts I'm debuting one in a week at the uh, after the Magic Castle Awards, which we're doing, I'm going to be doing an event called Brooklage, and it's at this like historic theater, and they let us try new things there, and the people in the audience are people like Pee Wee, Pee Paul Rubens, and just really amazing names that make you really nervous, but it brings the best out in you because you create acts that you would never have done before for these amazing people that you would never get to perform for, and they really appreciate it. They just love the art. They love it so much. So. Um, the new razor blade act that I'm doing there is very bloody, very dark, very strange. Jonathan helped me with the ending. I'm so freaking proud of this act. So that's the kind of stuff I like to do. I like to develop pieces, vignettes that are about, you know, three to five minutes long that will, will showcase magic, but that's not what it's about. It's about the feeling and the presentation and the wow factor. So I, I hope you get that with the skewer act and you get that with the chest act, the razor blades you're going to feel the same way about it. You're going to be like, wow, this is definitely one to add to the collection. And as far as the walk around magic, I buy it like candy. I have literally thousands of magic tricks. I, I'm addicted to them and I do perform them, but they're literally a close up thing that I bring out, bust out with my friends at home or at the bar. And uh, I was thinking of starting a YouTube channel and reviewing them, but oh, fuck, I'm so busy. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have a hardly have a time to look at the stuff that I order and buy. Like, that's literally how it is. But I, I do, I love magic. It's my life. But um, lately, it's, my focus has also been changing. So it's, it's tricky to keep focused on the magic. Um, but when an idea comes to me that I want to perform, an idea comes to me. And it's, that's never going to change. I don't think I'll ever stop performing. So I'll, I'll always create. But now I have a purpose that's different than that. I just want to know about that purpose because we're coming in to, to talk to you at a really interesting time and I, I'd just love to hear about it. Okay, well, um, you did come in at an interesting time because yesterday I got told, right, not long before your show, uh, I should appear at the Nevada, some kind of Nevada legislature committee to speak on a bill that was passed uh, Bill 226, which was saying that it would be illegal for anyone to get a microchip implant. And that would mean like the, the person who, who tried to put through the bill was trying to make it very clear that they, um, they were talking about implants that sent out any kind of radio frequency technology. And I already have 15 of those. So that would instantly make me a criminal. It would also make a lot of my friends criminals and anybody who wants to put a microchip in and has a right to do that a criminal. And so something had to be done. And the transhumanist party and a couple of friends mentioned it to me so i went down i was the only person in the room i've never done this in my life i've never spoken at any kind of political anything and um they tell me i did pretty good and defended the cyborg rights and and helped them understand bodily autonomy a little better um it seemed to me um 
the implants that I have freak out a lot of people and especially the older crowd and everyone that was opposing it looked to me to be around the age of 60 to 70. And I figured that might have been part of the problem. I think a lot of misinformation on the internet is also contributing because they they think that you can be tracked by the microchips that I have. And these are literally the same chips that you put in the necks of your cats and your dogs. They're actually um, programmable by your phone. Some of them run on a different frequency. Um, that is not programmable by your phone. You have to use like a computer or whatnot. But um, yeah, for the most part, they're really, really harmless. And they were making them out to be so sinister and the government's after you and corrections is gonna use this to track you and health insurance is gonna track your health. They are not capable of doing any of that stuff yet. So um, they said, you know, well, we it'll get there eventually. We should put this law in now. And I, that just seems ridiculous. If you don't understand the technology, how can you make a law about something that you don't understand? I'd love to break down a lot of that, and I also have some theories about why they're trying Please to do it early. Do, so like, I'd love to yeah. hear your opinion on that also, because I feel like anytime some political um, entity tries to call it, well, it's we're trying to get it early, what it really means is they want control for the rest of the actual time, because they can see what the future could be if they're not in control. That and makes that's sense. kind of something that I think of with this, where I feel like there are such inevitabilities that you're ahead of the curve on, when it comes to humanity, and they don't like that you're making those choices for yourself. That's been happening with CRISPR. There's people that have been able to sell CRISPR kits on the internet for as little as 40, 50 bucks that you can like make glow-in-the-dark beer and whatnot and play with CRISPR a little bit. You can do uh, human gene editing kits, I think, for as little as a 1,000. It's really not that hard, and the instructions are easy enough to be followed by a grade six student. So um, the government jumped on that very late and it had already been going on for years. That's kind of how it is with the microchips and the magnets, if that's what's going on. They're jumping on it really late. I mean, it's really quite popular. He made it sound, um, Senator Skip Daly, I believe his name is, the very beginning of his testimony, he was very adamantly against anyone getting microchips for any reason. And to me, that just screamed religion is the reason behind it. Um, I, I say this because I've dealt with a lot of people attacking me personally, saying that I have the mark of the beast because I have these implants, um, and that you know a lot of people don't believe you should get tattooed. There's a, you know that end, but the people that think that the implants are trackable don't understand how they work. The people that think they're mark of the beast are living in a fantasy land, and I, I think that with knowledge and education, a lot of people can be turned to actually understand why they're so helpful and kind of fun honestly like microchips yeah. are a piece of cake they're easy to do i've i've given them to quite a few people i even gave a mormon a microchip who wanted one his name's shag he does like the playboy art yeah so if you look him up he does like some cool stuff he's got one of the microchips that i was giving people and i was just giving them away to friends i'm like here if you want this you can have it and they would have one and then if they wanted me to put it in i put it in they could also do it themselves or they could like I'd hold the skin and they'd put the needle in. It's really easy. There's no lidocaine injection. That'd be way, like stupid. No, in and out piece of cake. And then if you have an Android phone, you can have a blast with them. There's so many things you can do with microchips. So I don't know why people are so afraid of them. They, when I say so many things you can do with them, I mean little things. There's not big things you can do with your microchip. You are not going to be hacking anybody. People can't hack you. You're not being tracked. You are not having your health monitored and sent. My friends are actually developing a chip. It's not a chip. It's a freaking computer. It's the size. It's this big. It's like You're two inches. You're making like a half dollar. Yeah, like a half dollar size, maybe bigger than that. And it goes in cattle, you know, and it monitors like their heart rate and their blood sugar and whatnot. And the farmer can get all this information. They're called Embedivet, and they were created by Grindhouse Wetware. They're 
they're doing great things, but they can't do this stuff on people. It's years away from being approved for, for people. No way are they going to do that. They're doing it for cattle because they're letting them do this for animals. We just got Fitbits, and that's just a fucking thing around your wrist. Do you think that they're already going to be popping those in our You know what, though? If you go to CES, they're already talking about implants, implantables, but they're not calling them implantables because it's kind of a disgusting word. They're calling them invisibles. Invisibles. That's so Black Mirror. Isn't it? Ask. I know. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) So with that, um, you went down. You said your piece. Everyone said you killed it. And then the these, video's up actually. And these, the oh. video is up. Cool. Yeah, so the we'll transhumanist party too. said they're gonna like separate it so that they can it can be shared because apparently, like I watched it again, I, I sounded really relaxed. I thought I was very nervous, but I was quite relaxed. I didn't say nearly everything I wanted to say, and I feel like when the senator came back and got the final word, he said a lot of stuff that I instantly could have rebutted and proven as false. It's like he was just basically talking out his ass, for lack of a better term. So. I would love another chance to speak, but I found out today that that actually won't happen. And that bothers me a lot. And I'm hoping that this will either go by the wayside. The senator will just leave it alone. And I think May 17th is the deadline. It'll just be tossed aside. And if it isn't, it's going to go to some kind of workstation where everyone works on it. And then it'll go to the Senate floor in Carson City and we'll see what happens. I can't see it passing. There's just so many things wrong with it. I do need to write the ACLU a letter. They were actually supporting this bill which is insane to me because they should be supporting my rights why are they supporting the rights like i think their mis- their misinformation that this woman had that was giving the support needs to be changed i think she can easily be swayed to know what's right well the interesting thing for me is that you're saying that it's really like your um your right to implant it, it has to do with bodily autonomy like you're you're in support of being in charge of your own body 100 percent. for some reason that the, the people who are supporting this bill believe that they are actually supporting bodily autonomy bodily autonomy by saying you shouldn't be allowed to do it exactly so you're sort of arguing the same issue but from different sides and if they could understand that yeah yeah. so when this bill the way this bill has come to pass is it first came in as a bill that said nobody is allowed to get microchips and that instantly everyone's like no 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 no. that's way too broad we can't have that that's not acceptable so they went and they amended it and they passed it based on the amendment and it was passed and it said government workers are not allowed to be forced to get microchips that's fine it's totally cool. They actually actually say nobody should be forced to get microchips. That would be nicer. But instead, they went and they amended that. So they had a reason to go back. I kind of feel like it was all planned like this. They had a reason to go back in. And then they added all these things. And they amended um, that nobody is allowed to get implants. And if they're not medical, you're just not allowed to have them. And then it got into, he started talking about how the apps themselves that program the chips are going to be illegal. If the app was made in a different state, it started getting really convoluted. And it just seems like for someone who doesn't understand the technology that he's speaking of, what is he talking about? A lot of times I kind of found myself shaking my head, just blown away at the idiocy that was coming out of his mouth. So, yeah, he was infuriating. But, you know, that's I'm not a politician. This is why I would have a freaking heart attack within two years. I wonder how it all started. Like, I wonder who fed him whatever misinformation he's using or that the, where this bill is coming from. You know, I think I thought it was from the biohacking article three weeks ago. But I think this the bill's been around longer. I think the, the amendment could have been because of that biohacking article. It was also on Las Vegas News Now I saw today. There's actually a video of the woman who wrote the article speaking about it. So people would have seen it. It was also in the sun. So that's how that's how the old crew get their news, you know? Yeah. And that's exactly where they found out about it. I mean, how the fuck else are they going to know about biohacking? Yeah. About implants? Wait, there was an this article? guy does not know anything about this stuff. He got it from the newspaper. What was the article? The um, it, article? They did a cover story in Las Vegas Weekly. That they did a little feature in, and they mentioned um, 
all the different aspects of biohacking that people drink butter in their coffee, which I find laughable, um, that people take different nootropic drugs to make them smarter, 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 more awake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a classic slip. Um, yeah, just uh, it covered a lot of aspects and it also covered grinding, which is what I do is which is basically cutting myself open and putting things in that I can use that are useful to me, whether it be a microchip or a magnet or the Linux computer I hope to have in my thigh soon. Wow. But, I mean, that's actually a thing. But yeah, that's pretty incredible. My friends are always building cool stuff. Yeah. So we'll would, see what's next. Would you mind breaking down your um, biohacking that you currently have? Yeah. Um, let's see. I always forget. So I said in the meeting today, I have 21 implants, but I actually had another one put in uh, by a friend who's a trauma surgeon. <laughs> So I have 22. Um, so I have ones that, like, without being going into specifics, like I have ones that unlock locks that are married to those locks. So once I program them to open that lock, that's the only lock they'll open because I don't, I'm not a hacker and I don't know how to hack. Like, once the chip is locked, you have to, like, it takes hours to figure out how to unlock it to change the number on it. Like, is it worth it? Fuck no. <laughs> Who cares? Like, I, d I really don't care. That lock works with that chip and that's that's what's going to do for life. Um, the 13.58 frequency microchips I can change what they do at any given time I have one in the webbing on my left hand that unlocks my demo door lock which I was using in the talk today uh, the one that's beside my husband's tattoo will call him on speakerphone I have one on my thigh that calls 911 not on speakerphone because you don't want your attacker knowing you're calling 911 that's stupid <laughs> um Let's see, I've got nine magnets, the biggest magnet, which I believe this is the biggest magnet in the world. I mean, no one's countered me on that yet. It's pretty freaking huge and it's coated in unbreakable plastic and then a biosafe material. My body's had it in for nine months now, no rejections. Liver and kidney checks come back fine. With the amount of implants that I have, if these are bad for you, I'd be getting some results on that. Um, I have one in my tragus that I use as a secret microphone. Works with the copper wire that I can hide in my hairpiece and I can oh, receive so information. the tragus is in your ear right. for people who don't know. So so you can like tap it? Like how does it um, work? No, actually it vibrates. Like the magnet will vibrate when it's within range of a copper wire transmitter, which is basically, I wish I had it charged so I could show you right now, but if I turn it on, it receives Bluetooth. So I could be on a phone call, for example, and someone could be telling me information. I'll hear it inside my head, but nobody else will hear it and they can inspect and see that there's no speaker. This isn't common practice. These are things that I'm like doing in magic that you know, are, are very new. The microchips are more common practice, but like the magnet in the ear and stuff, I'm trying to, you know, I, my friend Rich Lee, I believe is the one who created that. He put magnets in his ears and was like, I can hear things. This is cool. Do the James Bond producers know about you? <laughs> they don't. They should. <laughs> <laughs> they must. I want to meet Q. <laughs> right? Not totally gadgets? my type of person. Um, yeah, and then I have lots of magnets in my left hand, which I use for coin routines. And uh, they can actually start read switches on a multitude of, of products that I have that run on very, very tiny motors that are operated by magnetic read switches. So it, they come in so incredibly handy in my day-to-day -day life. Like even when I've dropped something metal, like a pin on the floor and I need to pick it up, it's like, boom, I got it. If I need to find live wires behind the wall or if the other day I was at my, uh, my surrogate mom's house and she pulled the whole bottom part of her microwave off and we were like, fuck, should we use that? It's going to leak so much radiation. And I went, hold on a second, close it. And I checked and it wasn't leaking any more radiation at the bottom than the top. So we were good. So it's come in handy for some pretty realistic situations, really. I mean, a lot of people think that's stupid. Well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? Well, why don't you just do you, dude? Just shut up and let me do what I want to do. I'm trying to advance the human condition with little tiny baby steps. I'm not like going out and 
you know, well, I am going out and putting a full computer in my leg, hopefully. But I mean, <laughs> baby steps first. Baby steps first. <laughs> when um, it's an honest question, and I don't want to say it jokingly, but like, what, like, how come you're not your hand isn't just flying to the nearest metal or the nearest metal flying to you when you walk by? Like, I don't know. Can you go to Home Depot? Like, I feel like that's a legit question. That's a legit question, but the magnets are not that strong. They're not, uh, the one, the big one in my arm before I put it in was an N52 and it's two inches across and probably about a centimeter wide. But it has, once it goes through the curing process that we had to put it through, it probably lowered the magnetic strength of it because the light that needs to cure under actually leaches and the heat leaches the magnetic power from it, which kind of sucks. It had three pounds of lift power and now it doesn't. So look at the kitties. <laughs> oh my God, they're so cute. Hi, hey. I got distracted by look cute cats. Kitties. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this fucking stoner show. Oh man. <laughs> it's awesome. When did you start smoking weed? Oh God. Um, probably, well, back in high school with my, I don't want to mention her name. But, well, I can, I can say her first name, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. So yeah, first time I smoked weed was Sarah, was Sarah at her uh, her parents' house, and it was nice because she her parents were total hippies, and they were like, "You can smoke at our house if you smoke here. You can't go out and smoke." And so it was a good crowd of people. Did some edibles, watched Beavis and Butthead for the first time on edibles, blew my fucking mind. It was epic. And uh, I've gone through periods where I tried to quit smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's been periods where I just quit because I didn't want it in my life. Like there's times when like I quit because I think I shouldn't have it, but I can't. And then times when I'm just like, ah, fuck it. I don't want it. It's really weird. I've had a weird relationship with marijuana my entire life. Um, I, I like edibles, but I find that when I do them, that my tolerance goes way up. So I stay away from them. Yeah. I like to just smoke. Yeah. And but maybe Cornholio gets a little funnier. Yeah. Cornholio would get funnier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask about your relationship to uh, psilocybin. Oh, psilocybin's my friend. Um, I started taking it regularly probably, God, I want to say like a year ago, but it's probably not been that long. It's probably been more like seven or eight months. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of research. Just when I say research, I mean reading a lot of articles on the internet. There's so much bullshit. It's hard to tell what's real. You got to go to Snopes for everything. And I saw repeatedly this one dude who was doing studies on mushrooms and he's like, eat mushrooms here's a good amount very small amount then write me and tell me about your experiences so I was like fuck that cool I'm gonna do it whatever and I did it and I forgot to write them for like a long time and then finally I was like I'm having such a great time where I'm not crying all the time I'm not super sad because I have a lot of drama in my life sometimes and I just need to be happy and I feel like any antidepressant I've ever tried in my life and any time that I have has just made me feel like not like myself with no creativity no energy And when I started doing mushrooms, and I mean, when I say doing mushrooms, I was measuring out like 0.2 of a gram on a scale, and I'd give it like half a cap and half a stem, like just kind of like a 0.1 of a stem and 0.1 of a cap, and I would eat that, and I don't eat it and swallow it like a pill. You do not do mushrooms like that. I'm a firm believer that you need to put that under your tongue, chew it up, masticate it, let your saliva really dissolve it, and then swallow it with some water. Because honestly, your saliva is the first step of your digestive process, and if you're going to skip it, you're going to get stomach acids destroying shit that you desperately want you want every little bit of that fungus in your body because it's really good for you and you know i'm not a doctor i'm not giving advice i'm just saying for me it's worked wonders i'm really really able to deal with a lot of life shit i'm able to articulate my thoughts better i'm able to create better um i feel it when i don't take them i 
thought I was out for two weeks. Mm. I was taking like 0.2, 0.3 of a gram like every other day. And I was out for two weeks because someone really dear to me died and I was giving a lot away at the memorial. And, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm going back to LA where my supplier is soon and I'll be able to get more. Um, but then I found a little baggie that is like the perfect amount to get me through till I get to LA. So now everything's good again. Like it literally solved everything with one dose after not taking it for two and feeling like shit. So, you know, say what you will about it. For me, it's worked wonders. I believe in it so much. Psilocybin has just been, yeah, a huge help for me. And also, you know, just in my writing about uh, like psychedelics, you know, especially right now, psychedelic therapies are coming online in a really mainstream way, which is cool because they're clinical, they're producing clinical data to back everything up that you just said. Well, that's great to hear. That's the best. Because all I'm doing is just being happier and it's lovely. I really do love it. Yeah. Everyone needs a cartridge blown on once in a while to reset it. That's true. You know? That's true. Seriously. I'm due for a reset. Yeah, actually, I probably should do a big one. That's probably what's going to happen after the AMA Awards. It'll be a fun party weekend. It'll be work, 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 party, party, party. I'm mm-hmm. really excited. I have to go back to the coin trick. Yeah, totally. Thing. Does that mean like you can magnetize? Like they're not magnetized, but then they are magnetized. Like you can magnet, like, you know, how you can make things magnetizing. No, my magnets always have magnetism. They always do. Yeah. So I oh, can so actually. You can do like mad crazy coin stuff yeah like, like i can hold. palm a coin i can be palming like four coins while holding my hand completely wide open bent backwards towards you like the opposite of what you think palming a coin would be and you wouldn't know there's a coin there or anything that i've shimmed with a magnet it doesn't have to be a coin it could be anything yeah so just the potential for that alone is great having the magnet in my arm is great it's very useful for all kinds of purposes um I have one that stops watches on my body, you know? Like, there's there's lots of fun things you can do with magnets. This, like, I shouldn't say anymore. I'm giving away magic secrets. Oh, <laughs> we can edit it if you want us to edit That's it. That's okay. You can leave it in. Do you I, have it's a, special, a fun trick for you to start with. Do you have a special sleeve for anything that you need to keep? Like, credit cards I'm thinking of, for instance? Do you have, like, You know, I fuck places? up a lot of hotel key cards. I and wondered. it's frustrating because, like, a lot of the newer hotel keys are too high-tech to go on my chip. So I'm having a hard time programming my chip for hotel doors. When I first got them, like, when the hotel keys were, like, the old shitty ones that you wave in front of the door, no problem. Now they're impossible. It's just, like, I don't even bother even checking anymore. <laughs> it's I tried to get them to code my hand, like, right at the front desk. They were fascinated by it, like, wow. to see if we could get my door to work. Because sometimes, you know, if you can get the Android unlock on your phone, there's no reason why it shouldn't be able to transmit the same thing through your hand. I think maybe I'm just too text stupid on a couple of things like I'm like I said I'm not a hacker you know like I'm a biohacker body hacker but I'm not a computer hacker I don't know how to write code I'd fucking love to if I could wake up tomorrow and have a new skill it would be code learn how to write code mm. yeah those zeros and ones change the world they run it <laughs> they run it yeah I, what happens when you go through TSA nothing not a fucking thing not a fucking thing I don't set off the magnet detector I don't set off the paddle the only thing that sets it off is my hair I wear like a fake hair clip and it's got three wires through it. So they check that out. That's it. Oh, the fucking theater of the airport with their safety shit. I know. No, it's all bullshit. Also, you can fly with all your drugs right in your carry-on. Don't ever check them, whatever you do. Speaking as someone who travels as much as I do, do not ever check your drugs. And I'm not just saying that because, like, you're going to get in trouble. That's not what... You're not going to get in trouble. Your shit's going to get stolen. You're not going to get it to the destination. That's what's going to happen. So always bring your stuff with you. Put it in the clear bag with your freaking makeup and your toiletries. It just looks like a toiletry. Yep. Don't don't put it in the original jar that says what the fucking is. Idiot. <laughs> put it in a different jar 
Just close and put it in there. No problem. If they open it and smell it, it's no big deal because it's legal in so many places right now. It's not a big deal. I fly with like my cartridges. No problem. You can't tell what kind of cartridge that is. If you're worried it smells like weed, clean it with some lemon oil before you leave. There's lots of ways to like get around traveling with your marijuana or your mushrooms or your acid or your ecstasy or whatever it is you're traveling with. (laughs) (laughs) Or your DMT cartridge, which how the fuck do they know what that is yet? They don't know what those are yet. They They have no clue what those are. Yeah. <laughs> smells like fish and vanilla. Like, what? Oh, weird. What? It's so weird. DMT mm-hmm. smells like fish and vanilla? I don't know what DMT smells like. I've never done DMT. I've only microdosed the cartridges, which yeah. are like, they smell like vanilla. And then when you burn them, they smell like fish. Or maybe it's just like the matter of suggesting that they smell like fish. Now they smell like fish. <laughs> Fuck. Powerful. You I did it to myself. Yeah. forced to smell on. What's, I don't know anything about DMT cartridges. What is oh, that? really? No. It's it's like a weed cartridge, just like a weed cartridge, but they they synthesize. I don't know. I'm not a chemist. They put DMT in it, and it's you take one little puff. It's kind of like taking one step. Things get kind of pretty. And you take two puffs, and in about one minute, everything gets really crystally and pretty, and like you see faces and trees of crystals and stuff. I mean, it's not something to do every day. It's definitely hard. When I say microdose DMT, it's not like microdosing mushrooms where you eat it and you don't really feel anything except just you don't feel sad. When you microdose DMT, you're going to see some shit. <laughs> like, mm. It's pretty powerful stuff. Like yeah. from what I understand, it's the ingredient in ayahuasca that they mix with antidepressant that just sticks with you for hours. There's no way I ever want to do ayahuasca. There's, I have no desire to be that fucked up ever for any reason. I'm just... It's just not me. And I, I'm, I, I like drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, not all drugs. I mean, I'm, but I really, I like things that make you creative. Yeah. And I, I think it's great that weed's legal now. The organics, fucking, basically. Yeah, organics. That's yeah. basically my deal. Yeah. Except for Coke. <laughs> That's organic, isn't it? Fuck Coke. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no Coke. <laughs> yeah. The, I think the, the name for DMT is the God molecule. Oh, yeah, I can see that. It's like you're going to talk the, for the... you're talking to the trees for 15 minutes is what happens great because i i should listen to them more yeah you know i need to talk to them every once in a while i I had a friend who wanted to try it and i said as long as there's a plant in the room you can't do it inside you need to be outside where there's a tree she's like but there's a plant right there not good enough like Mm -mm. take the plant out with you and just hold on to it in a zoo if you have a plant in your house that's like it's a plant in a zoo zoo that's a really good way to look at it that's exactly true if you hold a plant after smoking one puff of that stuff oh my god like it literally crawls around your hand it literally just starts walking around like a caterpillar it's it's that is about as far as i will ever go that was just like wow this weed is now alive in my hand and it's crawling all over the place it's a big beautiful bud and it was crawling it looked like a caterpillar and uh, it's kind of scared me but at the same time it was really pretty and cool because it's weed and i'm not afraid of weed so we knew everything was okay it was pretty (laughs) it was great it was it was pretty mind-blowing but the microdosing of the mushrooms i never get that i can in a night that i want to party and have fun and i bring my mushrooms with me because sometimes i'll do that and i'll just munch 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 each 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 and uh i never get fucked up on them to the point where i see things strange ever if anything i could compare it to having a glass of wine and I, th- I don't know if it's because of how I'm eating them, because I'm eating them. I'm actually masticating them, keeping them in my mouth for 10 minutes, dissolving them, eating them. I feel their effects within like 15 minutes when I do it that way. That's great. And so you can really gouge, gouge, gauge. You want to gouge? You want to gauge? <laughs> <laughs> you can really gauge how uh, fucked up you're going to get. And you, I've never been fucked up on them. So yeah. Yeah. Just happy. Nice. So they're kind of like my jam. 
Yeah, me too. I love it. I love especially like the way you're talking about it, like really taking time to get every every bit of it out in, through chewing it properly and like yeah. letting your saliva absorb it. Like, and also I find like having an empty stomach helps. Yeah, totally. Not, not taking it with food necessarily. I don't know. I, I feel like nobody's ever, I mean, anyone I know who's gotten sick on them and I asked them, how did you eat them? They say, oh, I put it in tea. No. Or put it in a milkshake. No, you need, that's not, you're not, your saliva is not dissolving it then. You're drinking it. You're just chugging it like a pill. So I don't think that's good enough. I, I think. am fascinated by the idea though, because there are now all of these edibles dinners with cannabis happening. There's one place in uh, the Netherlands that's starting to do psychedelics with food. Really? Yeah. That really would be intrigued. a fun group to hang out with, right? wouldn't it? Yeah. What kind of a background do they have going? If they had like a whole, I, the best mushroom party I went to when I was in high school was these people had just moved into a house and they wanted to paint the living room. And so they bought a whole fuck ton of paint, a whole bunch of paint brushes, and they got like 20 grams of mushrooms and they made like strawberry shakes. I had a stomachache because we had it in a strawberry shake. But the art that was in this room the next day was so fucking beautiful. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, and you wake up, you don't exactly remember all of it that you made, but then you start like piecing it together and you have it like, yeah. the, you put the memory, you painted the memory. Damn. So you're going to have a computer in your thigh room. Uh, hopefully. I mean, we're, we're trying to perfect the battery so it doesn't explode because, you know, lithium explosions underneath the skin suck. Oh, that's fuck. like instant death. It's poisonous. First of all, lithium's not really healthy for you in that amount. Second, it's it's a fire lithium explosions just look up lithium battery explosion on the internet and you can see what happens they catch fire so yeah. you have a very limited amount of time to get that fucker out of your leg before it explodes now what happens a lot of the time these days i don't know if you've ever had a phone with a battery that expands yeah. the battery will expand before it explodes so you would know and you'd have time to remove it you'd be like shit that's expanding i need to cut it out within the next like 24 hours like it's not going to go from like solid to explosion that very rarely happens the reason we think it happens is because, you know, those rolling foot things that people were bringing on the planes that are now banned. How often have you ever opened it up and looked at the battery? You don't know if it's expanding. You can't really see what's going yeah. on inside. So. Every time somebody hits a vape pen and you hear about a vape pen exploding in someone's yeah. face and everything. Yeah, exactly. You have no idea how big the battery was inside the casing. It could have been expanding for a long time. Could you so, go solar power and have like a solar plate on your thumb? No, because right now we haven't perfected how to have something inside and outside of your body. Like there are some people that do that. I tried having a north north sense it's the thing that vibrates every time you're facing north put on my back but i moved my neck around so much that it didn't work um there's people like like biopunks that put fake horns in their head and they're screwed underneath the skin like you know yeah those are the cool looking subdermals i've never had any luck with anything like that infection constantly i can't i like to make holes and close them I, everything i make and every hole i do mm. is a hole for a maximum of two or three hours and then it's closed mm and sealed and cleaned and done let your body heal like i just and as a result i don't get sick so i think i'm doing it right i don't think having things half in half out are the way to go no i think we have to go fully underneath damn so the only way is with lithium right now for a computer in your life um someone just the guy who invented oh i just knocked over some shit oh well the guy who invented the lithium battery is like super old just invented like a glass battery i saw that come across like a headline i'm all excited about finding out about that i don't know shit about it but i'm gonna look into it, it looks really interesting so yeah once i feel safe enough to put this thing in my leg and cooper puts it together and we get out over to Cass's, who puts all the implants in like the bigger ones yeah then we'll be good that's gonna be so dope it'll be fun you can i man I, I can't even imagine like once you have a computer in your leg and then advancements happen and you can really like well let me tell you what out. the computer because when i first wanted this computer i wrote doug and i'm like okay do you think you can build me an nfc reader for my leg and he's like what i'm like i just need it to have minimal power 
I want an NFC reader for my leg. And he's like, why? And I said, because I want to trigger. I have this card trick that I created for magicians. And I'm like, I want to trigger it with my leg. And he's like, huh. Well, if we're going to use an NFC reader, you may as well fucking put a Wi-Fi in there. I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, you may as well have Bluetooth. Okay. Well, fuck it. Let's just put a Linux in there. We could like have a whole operating system so I can like pen test when you walk around DEF CON. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this sounds good. Let's just build this shit. Let's like build it. And I said, here's what it has to do though. We need to write an app for it that'll run through my phone. So when I take my deck of cards that I've pre-programmed, this is like the laziest fucking magic trick ever okay <laughs> this is like i know magicians gonna be like bitch just learn how to palm a card <laughs> you know but what if you had rfid tags and all the decks and for you magicians who know christian you know that this has been done but what if you um put these tags in the cards so you could literally put a tag in the queen of clubs that says queen of clubs it physically says that so when you wave it over your leg the nfc reader reads queen of clubs and with Bluetooth transmits it to your phone and your or no with Wi-Fi transmits it to your phone and with Bluetooth it goes to your hair earpiece copper wire which talks to my ear magnet so now with the computer in my leg and the magnet in my ear I am hearing queen of clubs just by waving a card over my leg I think that's like the most cybernetic shit we've got yet and I can't think of any other like it's not a practical application. I mean, it's practical-ish. It's cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, fucking cool. I mean, it's a really long way to go for a fucking card trick. I will. <laughs> I'm the first person to admit that. But it's cool, so I still want to do it. Like, I just, I'm really interested in advancing everything we could possibly learn about this. And if it means cutting myself open to put in a bigger magnet, like this used to be a smaller magnet. We just went in three months later. I'm like, you know what? I love it but I want it bigger. Can we put a bigger one in? We just went in, popped out the old one, put in a new one. So look at how resilient the human body is. I can just keep going after the same area and no issues. Now, 10 years from now, I'll probably have some erosion of the tissue underneath. I mean, logic says if you take water and you drip it down a rock, you're eventually, even just a drip of water is going to make a difference in the rock. So of course the magnet's going to make a difference by rubbing against my bone, by rubbing against my tissue. Is that a problem? No. Why is that a fucking problem? Like, so when people say that as if it's a problem, I don't see it as one. That's not an issue. I, magnets, or not magnets, implants, no matter what they are, the body's going to have to change to adapt to your magnet. When I first got this, it stuck out like an inch. It was huge. Everyone was like, that looks grotesque, dude. Like, that's horrible. But guess what? It keeps getting flatter and flatter and flatter and joining with my body. And just like all my implants, my body takes them in and accepts them. So I truly feel like I'm proving that the body can accept implants and love them like its own. You know, we don't have to like... That means why can't I put a really big computer? Maybe my leg will just suck it into the muscle and it'll just become part of my leg. It'd be cool. But maybe it'll stick out more. I really don't give a shit. I, I still want a computer in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the whole point. You want one. I want it. So, so fucking I yeah. fucking, yeah. It's my body, my rights, my rules. Exactly. Damn. What else can we look for from you? Um, well, there's a documentary that was at the Sundance Film Festival and it's been picked up by Hulu. And so it'll be, I think they said they're putting it out at the end of the summer. So it's about my husband, but I'm in it quite a bit. So you get a little glimpse. You get to see the crazy house. Amazing. <laughs> it's in there and uh, the cats and a little glimpse into the craziness that is our life and his struggle with his health and his career and stuff. So that's kind of interesting. It's also going to be here at the Vegas Film Festival on the 28th uh, at the Palms. And um, the Biohack the Planet, which is usually held in Oakland, is going to be here in Las Vegas this year. I think it's at the end of September. I could be wrong, but that's a really great biohacking convention that's filled with people that do CRISPR and more the science aspect of changing your body. 
Um, then there's DEF CON, of course, and there's a biohacking village at DEF CON that runs in the middle of August uh, or the first week of August. And a lot of people come in for that. So I have how, a lot of things to look forward to. How big is the biohacking community? I guess I don't really it's know. It's not as big as we would like it to be, that's for sure. So get on it, people. If you want to join, join. Is um, it international? Very welcoming. It is international, and it's certainly bigger in Europe. America really has been butting up against it, it seems, more than any other country, <laughs> but whatever. It is what it well, is. I'm already addicted to my fucking phone. I know. That's the other thing. When people are so concerned about having the man chase them, well, why the fuck do you have an Echo in your house or an Alexa or whatever those things are? Why do you have a phone in your pocket? And if you don't, then great. Then just don't get a chip and shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. I just don't get why people get so angry about other people's choices. It's I like a really chip. frustrating. I used to pierce myself a lot. And oh, did I you all give it. you one? You can take it home and you just got to make a little hand vagina and boop, pop it in. Pop it in? Yep. Easy as peasy. What do I do with it? Um, if you have an Android or iPhone. iPhone. Oh, you fucker. Get an Android. They're oh. so much better. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, with an Android, you can program it really easily. Is it an iPhone 10? Uh, no. It's barely oh. a flip phone. Then iPhone. you don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> then you won't be able to do shit with your chip. Oh, no, I yeah. have a 6. Yeah, if you yeah. have an iPhone 10, it's got an NFC reader, and you can download an NFC program. If you don't have an iPhone 10, you need an Android, any Android. Like, that, they've been doing NFC for so many years that it's, like, on all of them, you yeah. know? And with Android, you can... You, there's tons of great apps. I just... It's it's not limited. iPhone really limits you. Android doesn't. It's just like the whole world is wide open. People are like, oh, you'll get viruses. Nah, you really won't. Like, I haven't had any issues. I have a Samsung Note 9 and things badass. It's got a really great NFC reader, which is why I bought it. That's awesome. So it's huge. Well, if I get an Android, uh, I'd love to come to you for a chip because yeah, I think totally. they sound awesome. Yeah, totally, dude. Yeah, when you sent me all those links, and I'll try and post as many links as I can from the things you sent me. There was a, there was a guy who he was colorblind. Right. And yeah, so that's Neil. He's Neil. out in Italy. Um, he's pretty cool. He's got like a, a whole group of cyborgs that he works with and tries to inspire other people to create new senses, which is really, really great. And I just love the whole biopunk cyber badass look of the shit that he does with his friends. I think it's really great. Yeah. Um, he can see color beat through. He um, can hear color. Hear so he color. hears it through different vibrations, just like um, Grindhouse Wetware came out with something called the Bottlenose, which allowed them to have sonar. So with a blindfold, the test subject was able to put different items on a table and be asked to touch the right side of the largest item, and they were able to do exactly that based on how the sensor was vibrating the magnet in their finger. It actually feels like a completely different language, and then you kind of get a sense of it when you're checking out live wires in a wall or or any kind of magnetic field. But when you control the magnetic field with digital um, spacing, it becomes a language. It's actually a language. So it's like faster, slower. Um, you could do Morse code. It's really fascinating. So That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I wish they, th there wasn't enough interest for them to sell it. You know, they're selling something that people would have to assemble. And, and it's frustrating because the biohacking community has so many great people in it with so many great ideas, and there are not enough people to put enough money into it to make it go forward as much as we would like to see it and as fast as we would like to see it, which is why things like CES are great and big companies like Google and Elon Musk, who's a fucking god, getting in and just like giving their money to the cause, you know? Like, just, oh, I didn't know Elon fucked with it. That oh, makes me happy. Oh, yeah. Elon, yeah, no, he's like... I feel like he's the one saying that AI is going to be around in like six to seven years. We're going to have um, DARPA, the government agencies, making microchips that you can put inside your brain that'll improve Alzheimer's patients' memories. It acts like a, like a storage box. Wow. So if we're able to already sync machinery with the human brain, we're fucking there. Yeah. Like 
once that's approved, things are just going to take off. It's kind of like when the digital camera was discovered. Do you remember how expensive they were and how many made? They were like 3.5 megapixels, and now we've got like, what the fuck? We've got crazy cameras. Yeah. So it's going to happen very fast once it does happen, and I think maybe that's part of what happened today. People are really afraid of how technology can really jump forward really quickly. And part of what the reason I do what I do is there's so many big companies working on tech for people. Who's going to work on tech for the little guy? If the people aren't discovering things that they can do themselves and how they can improve themselves themselves, could they be left behind and the only people in the future that have any power are the rich? That would really suck. Like if you were cybernetically enhanced because you have money, you're not able to like make yourself better or improve yourself and hack yourself because you're poor, that would really suck. So it's kind of nice having this freedom of information, this exchange of information. It's kind of like the whole goal behind the biohacking grinding community that is the people that like want to become robots like Fuck. me. Fuck yes. <laughs> As my friend says, he wants to be a rocket ship. Which is pretty damn cool. <laughs> that makes me think that I've never thought of like health insurance, including like microchip technology. In it, mm, in the you future. can't use a microchip, or not microchip now. Um, uh, what am I? When you're talking about Alzheimer's and how that could oh help yeah yeah like doing that, like having, implants for memory yeah. yeah that's such a great use for it. I mean, to, my dad had a pacemaker. Yeah, you know, sort of like the original. There's a woman named Dana who, whose brother created a code for an Arduino that works as an exterior pancreas and works with an insulin pump. So now you don't need to worry about doing any of the math. Your meter will talk to your pump and your pump will release insulin because the Arduino outside your body is the pancreas, basically. It's the brain that's telling, it's doing the math and releasing the insulin, telling the pump what to do. That exists. There's like 20 men walking around with it in their like 50s. They have all had improved glaucoma and fucking all just feeling great. And that's because of this awesome chick and her brother. And so she, all she can do is go around and talk about it. She can't do anything but teach people how to build their own. It's illegal for her to sell them. The FDA is watching her like a hawk. And <sighs> it's just... People are, are trying to help themselves because they're sick of waiting. It feels oftentimes like this country's controlled by big pharma. And if you want to make a difference and learn a bit about what's going on and not be misinformed, like so many of the commenters on that fucking article that was put out in the Las Vegas Weekly about me being at the Senate this morning, you need to like get the right sources and do some reading and research and learn a little bit and do some citizen science. Is there something that people can do leading up to May 17th or in the future that can help the cause? Um, you can write letters. I can actually give you a link so that people could send in letters and believe that, you know, body autonomy is, is very important and that everyone has a right to make their own choices. As I said, I am all for having a bill that passes that states that no one should ever be forced to have a microchip or any kind of implant of any kind for any reason. I'm down with that. Just don't touch my fucking body. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's the same thing with abortion. I mean, we're not going to go down that road, but it's its really, it's the same fucking deal. My yep. body, my rules, my rights. You know, abortion's even, you say there's another life there. What's the other life with my microchips and my magnets? There isn't one. They're not even living. It's not even AI yet. No. <laughs> yeah, right? It'd be Dang. so fucking cool if it was. <laughs> yeah. I want to be around for that. I do want to be around I do. Around for I that, want her. Honestly. Yes, right. Right? I want yeah. her. Scarlett Johansson? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> that raspy voice in your know, ear all the time. Be That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of my GPS sounding like an old British man. Right? Yeah. Totally. You get it. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. learning. Anything else, Mary Jane, as we wrap up? I think that's it. This was awesome. amazing. Can you give us um, all the plugs in the world? Oh, Jesus. All right. Um, my website is sinister.com, which 
it's not as bad as it sounds, S-Y-N-N-I-S-T-E-R.com. There's a bunch of video links and blah, blah, blah there. And uh, I'll be at the Magic Castle Awards next week, followed by the Brooklyn Follies. Uh, we'll be at the Palms uh, premiere of the untitled Amazing Jonathan documentary on Sunday. And in Detroit in two weeks, doing four shows at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. And then visiting Jonathan's mom for Mother's Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what the plan is. And then, of course, Biohack the Planet's coming in town and DEFCON. And I'm performing at Biohack the Planet. I don't know what I'm doing for DEFCON. I'm just thrilled. I went for my first time last year. I got really sick, so I couldn't fully enjoy it. This year, I plan to fully enjoy it. Awesome. So, yeah. Other than that. Uh, oh, and that um, IG. Your IG is a. Uh, Instagram is Sia Sin. So it's the last three letters of Anastasia S I A and then S Y N N. And same with my Twitter. Damn fucking right. Everybody, like, learn about this shit. It's fucking cool. Please do. I'm not the devil. And I promise you, like, these, this stuff won't migrate. It's not going to fuck you up. It just stays under your skin. Go look at an anatomy book. I feel like if people understood what fascia, skin, and muscle was, you would understand these chips don't go beyond the skin. Check it out. Endlessly fascinating. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening. Woo-hoo. Bye, everyone. Bye.